Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does the Mayor of Kingstown. We're here today to talk about episode five. We're at the halfway point. Its title is Orion, directed by Guy Furland. He directs two episodes this season, and if you check out his IMDb, you'll see that he's directed, I can't even list all the, he's directed like 69 different TV shows. This guy is definitely a professional, and written again by Taylor Sheridan and Hugh Dillon. I am, of course, am Axel, and with me is my great friend and brother, Heath. How you doing, buddy? I am <clears throat> doing Fantastic. Ordered some pizza, got shot at, you know, went out to dinner, <laughs> didn't want to eat. Yeah. And uh, looking at Orion. There you go, speak. baby. But wait a second. Did you fuck up some crackers on the way or no? <laughs> yeah. Did you do that? Excalibur, bitch. You got to fuck up that. Let me tell It's so funny because I was just having a conversation with someone where I was like, we got to bring back the word cracker. Like, I, oh, I, I think we kind of grew up with it. And I know our this generation and our lives have really been about like people being less terrible to each other. Hopefully, we try to be less terrible when we can. But I like the word cracker. I think it's very funny. Well, um, you know, it's great because technically Jeremy Renner's a cracker, but he's calling other people crackers. Yeah. And there's to me that's well, I don't have to. I guess go into. It's more like you live you live with who you live with and who you trust and who your world revolves around. And it's almost like, it's kind of like, even though he's white, he doesn't act like those, you know, white parents necessarily, yeah, you know, crackers. from across the track, the other cracker. So you call them cracker. It's just, yeah. it's interesting. Cause I think I've done that for myself. Hey, I've called someone a cracker. You know what they say? Cracker is a state of mind. That's the way I yes. say it. Cracker is a state of mind. Well, listen, before we get too deep into the show, I want to take right. one moment just to thank New Orleans Barrister for giving or barista. us- Barista. Barista. That's true. A barista. I can't even no. speak. I'm from Rhode Island. <laughs> a barrister for giving us an amazing review on Apple Podcast. I'm not going to read it because I'm going to encourage all of you to go over and read it. And while you're there, leave your own review. We appreciate it. We know we're getting a good amount of listeners. And 
you know, this show is still kind of sneaking low. It hasn't blown up. Um, I think it is. I hope it's going to get a second season, but we appreciate everyone who's with us on this journey and really enjoying it. And New Orleans Barrister, man, thank you so much. What an amazing yeah. review, man or woman. Thank you so much. What an amazing review. It felt great to read it. I texted uh, Heath. I was like, check out this awesome review. It made us both feel oh, amazing. Good. Yeah. So uh, it was just, it. It, it was one of those things. Normally, you know, you get reviews, whatever you take them with a grain of salt, you, you know, as long as it's constructive criticism, you know, you get people, to, but this was, this, this review, you could tell time was taken. And it felt like we were really, they really appreciated what we do, yep. you know, and it just like, it may, you know, it was good. I'm sure then we'll get a bad review. Heath, you can't remember. You don't know who Evelyn Foley is, <laughs> you know, but like, but that's fine. Like, it's just, it just, it felt really good. It was very nice to read. And I, 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 we really appreciate it. Wow. I was just thinking maybe we'll get a review from, from, uh, D.A. Evelyn Foley. We'll have to see. Maybe she'll write us a review. I um, hope so. I hope so. All right. Let's get into this episode. Last week, we had a lot of fun where Heath asked me a bunch of questions about the episode. So this week, I decided I'm going to flip it. And I got like eight questions to ask Whoa. Heath. Um, and they're fun ones and good ones. And they get into, the, you know, without us just recapping what we already saw. But it, it lets you, you know, remind you too of will remind you of what happened in the show. But before we start, I do want to throw something out, which is that okay. I forgot to say this earlier, and I looked in my notes and saw it, and I was reminded of it again from this episode, which is that we had never talked about that this show is shot in Kingston, not Kingstown, but Kingston, right without the W, mm -hmm. Ontario. Which is the hometown, okay, of our okay. co-creator, Hugh Dillon. Hugh. Ah. So I, I, I was thinking back on our first episode when I was talking about it. And I was like, I don't think I ever said that, even though it was in my notes. And I just wanted no, to No, because I didn't up. know it. I didn't know it. And yeah. I just, I learned something new just now. Yep. So oh, my God. A lot of it is actually shot. Not only is there a, not only is the place we were describing where all the penitentiaries are that place, Kingston, Ontario in Canada, but Hugh Dillon mm -hmm. grew up there. It's a town he was talking about in those interviews we, we discussed. And they mm -hmm. also shoot in and all around the town. So when you're seeing them by the docks, downtown or whatever, that's literally in this dude in the hometown. So it's such a great uh, story. I just wanted to bring it up again. And one of the reasons why is because Bunny's nephew, Sam, is played by Mandela Van Peebles, who is the son of Mario Van Peebles, the grandson of the great Melvin Van Peebles. Wow. And he's half Canadian and he grew up in Ontario. So he, so there's a connection, there's a big, there's a, there's a lot of hometown stuff. You know, not only are we seeing all the people that we see from the other Taylor Sheridan shows that we've talked about, but it's cool that Hugh Dillon is kind of bringing some, you know, like his people, his hometown, cre like kind of 
making that part of the family. And I thought it was pretty awesome that that's, I was like, that kid was great. So I had to look up, who is this kid? Turns out he's fucking a third generation Van Peebles. And he's mm. also a rapper too. Yeah, he is. Yeah. No, he was great. He was I great. really, I was, I was, you know, I was like that too. And I know looking at IMDb trying to, you know, get all the character names and stuff. I did notice that, uh, it was a, a Van Peoples was going to be a Van Peoples was going to be in this show um, in the family. I'm like, oh, and then I totally forgot. And I was like, man, this kid's good. And I didn't even, you know, dawn on me that that was the character. Uh, I just was I just was my thing was like, wow, this young actor's going toe to toe with Jeremy Renner. Like, you know, it's a big deal. Like when you're a Definitely. young actor it, to get to get, you know, three or four scenes with. I mean, Jeremy Renner, freaking the man, you know, one of the best act American actors there is. Um, and to see like a young actor carry his weight and it, and it makes, and it makes sense too. He's got the bloodline, which, um, helps, but so it was, it was, it was really refreshing. I love seeing young actors or unknown actors get their break and really take it home. And that, and this show, you get a lot of maybe names you don't know, but like The Wire, kind of like how The Wire began. And it was a lot of people. We talked about it, unknowns. And then 10 years later, they'll be like, oh, they were, in, you know, so. Yeah, great casting. It's just, well, it's, it's like yeah. we've talked about on podcasts before. When you have these casting agents and you have people and you have these connections, they grow. It's like you've said, whenever you go on an audition, one of the most important parts is that the casting director is seeing you not, you know what I mean? Like you're getting right. seen by people who cast other things too. So they remember you. Um, I think that's, and what I thought was awesome was I didn't say to myself, Hey, that dude looks like Mario Van Peebles, that kid. No, I said, Holy cow, that kid, Sam, that that scene when they're in the car together and throughout the episode, he was like way better than he needed to be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like this kid was great. He really just needed to sit there and give these kind of lines that you would have figured a young teenager would get. But he really put a lot into it. Just the expression. And yeah, I, those I, little subtleties. Yeah, those little subtleties yeah. that Renner does. Like even yeah. you know when he's talking to Bunny and he goes. You know, he takes a moment, he's like touches his nose or something and takes a breath like the kid like did the same thing. Like yeah. he fed off him, you know, good actor. I think we'll see him in a lot of other stuff. But that's what was hap what, like made me happy is instead, you know, I come to it wanting to know who he is because he's so great. And then you're like, aha, instead of sometimes, you know, there's some crappy person and you're like, who's that? And you're like, oh, it's a director's cousin. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's good. It, not it's not always a bad thing, especially in TV and film, when you have these generational talents. Because a lot of times this talent, I mean, does get passed down. Look at like Tom Hanks' son. We we did yeah. impeachment last uh, last show we covered with Gina, and both of us were like, we love Tom Hanks' son. He, he, not Chet Hanks, the other one. Colin Hanks, Colin baby. Hanks. Yeah, he's amazing. Fargo and on. a bunch of things. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? what's amazing, Axel, is Van Peoples, Val Kilmer, guys like that who are like probably, I guess, 15, 
20 years older than us now. Yeah. Um, they're, they're kids. They're 25 year old kids. Like Jack Kilmer showed up in the law and order organized crime and he was good, you know, That's and he's awesome. done some stuff, you know, and it's like, we're seeing a lot of the, like the 20 somethings in the eighties, we maybe looked up to and now, you know, in their sixties and th their kids are in their twenties and we're seeing a lot of them, you know, get their it. chance in, uh, in, in H wood. Well, you know, they had good connections to get in, so it must be nice. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> if if only Daddy Solo was yeah. Al Pacino. If he was Al Pacino, I'd be yeah, yeah different. Be but you know what? Podcast. I love my I love my dad and I'm it doesn't matter he wasn't a producer, so there I'm good. Go. I took it on myself. All it was right. my life. It's what I chose to do. No one said it would be easy <laughs> to quote John Mellencamp. <laughs> So <laughs> you're giving us your 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 uh your theme song for life. I yeah. Like it. All right, let's yeah. get into it. All right, let's we had do a great it. episode. Now, last episode we ended with a rather kind of confusing, interesting scenario um where we had Ian and Kyle take out this pizza store owner we weren't quite we didn't quite understand what was going on so my first question for you heath is we start this episode at the pizza place right after the shooting we see da foley again i'm glad that she's there by the way my last name is foley too we keep on saying it but we never mention it <laughs> we mentioned it once we mentioned it once when Which, i when oh, i when okay. i was wrong when i when i called vera evelyn foley that's when we meant you mentioned it that's so, that to, is my last name um she's there talking with kyle they've also got their it looks like it's he he's another cop or something he's not a union he's trying to get the story straight with them blah 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 that okay. was an interesting part but long story short, Mike arrives. They don't let him in. That was interesting. Quickly assesses the situation. He says what you said. He walks He walks through and he comes back and he goes, you know what you got going on here, right? That's his buyer. And the, the pizza guy is the dealer. And he either thought the cops were robbing him or they were on to him. And I just have to say, this is my first question. How does it feel to be right about this, Heath? Because I totally had it. I took us down a totally different road. <laughs> and then I'm sitting there and I say to Perry, Heath was right. So you figured it out, buddy. How does it feel? I don't think I got it right. Oh, okay. All right. So as they're investigating and all that, and Mike's doing his job, he does, I love it though. He, the cop's an asshole to him. I guess he doesn't know who Mike is. And he makes one call, gets in, you know, it's just great. Okay. So they didn't have any drug. There weren't any drugs there. Right. They, they didn't find any drugs. The, the crackhead who was there had two bucks, a crack pipe and a knife. So if he's going to buy some drugs, he he ain't buying much. And so, and then they pretty much got to kind of plant the drugs on him to make it look like a drug deal. And I interesting how Evelyn Foley is also down with it. So was it really a drug deal? I know he had his jacket had like you know th three. He was arrested three times for dealing drugs, but was it just the fact that this guy? 
the pizza guy maybe he was hopped up on whatever and he saw some guy coming with a gun so he started firing maybe it wasn't a drug deal maybe it was just them overthinking it Mm, interesting more yeah you know so i think i was wrong okay that's why i want to ask too because we never see it happen right like he she says check the car don't take the body out check the guy he says look around you'll find the drug we never see them find any nope right and we also interestingly hear one of the cops lying to the um the crackhead guy saying to him we have your prints on the murder weapon yeah right so it just sh- what what it was like i didn't really know what to 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 take except that <clears throat> it basically showed me that like every police situation he in this city is like a question of how they're going to spin it rather than how they're going to tell the truth right that that's what it seems to me like it just last week the way it was working out because the pizza guy was so nervous and you have like looks like a crackhead waiting to buy yeah. like, that's why to me it felt like a drug deal but uh, I, I don't know if there's no drugs there to get then how could it be a drug deal unless the stash is somewhere else maybe it's outside in the garbage and they go get it you know like it's possible he didn't have it on his person. <laughs> on his I, person. I yeah, I think this is going to be my my hope would be that we return to this next episode, another episode, because I think it's good. I still believe that it is thematically, story wise, connected to Kyle's decision of whether to leave the town or not. You know what I mean? I think that it's going to be rolled into that with his wife pregnant, this situation here. Perhaps it'll cause a schism between him and Ian, something of that nature, which could involve Mike then too. So I don't think we've seen the last of this situation, but I thought overall it was... It seemed as though, okay, Mike figured it out, but then you're right. They never found anything. We never saw what happened. And it also really seemed like even, even Foley was like, oh, that's what you're going with, huh? Yeah. You know, like everyone, it, it was a question of whether we thought Mike really believed that or whether this provided a convenient alibi in, for his brother and Ian. Right. You know? And that's what it felt like, because even Evelyn's like, illuminate me, like, tell me what what I should know. <clears throat> and he even tells Steve, the, the detective, hey, go question him about this and this and, and what you didn't even know. Like, you know, it's like Mike came in. And he's like he's like Ray Donovan. He just comes in and just fixes things and makes things make and spins the narrative. And, and, and another note, the guy who was questioning uh, our boys, he, you know, long time character actor he was uh the smoking man's son in the x-files just like just nice little, the, 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 i love like, that yeah, he, he's, he was he's been good a lot too. of stuff another good quick character actor you know like he really he really got pissed off he's like i'm trying to help you guys 
Yeah, like at first you're like, okay, this guy's gonna be the dick, but no, yeah. then he's like, I'm trying to make sure they get their story straight. Yeah, and then he's like, but so you're doing it in front of the DA. <laughs> like, why are you yeah. doing it in front of the DA? Um, but it just showed, like, I think that's why I think overall that that whole situation, that whole crime scene, was it, it, it's gonna, it's obviously that the specifics of the story are gonna have something, you know. That we're going to see what happens and it's going to have an influence on our direct plot. But I think overall, the whole scene just spoke to me about how the truth is kind of decided on the fly here. And it's weird, too, because Ian and Kyle didn't do anything wrong. The guy did start shooting at them. Yeah, the only thing is that he didn't identify. They exactly. didn't identify themselves as cops. That's true. They so, didn't. They didn't identify themselves as cops, but. He was standing. I mean, he's got a suit on. He's, sta- you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, I, know, I, know. I, I, I don't know. It's, there is a different situation if, I don't know. I'm just saying if I was a pizza store owner and it was in a bad neighborhood and hey, I've been in a pizza shop in a bad neighborhood and, you know, call it whatever you want to call it, but you've got two guys, they're both, and, and it's not an ethnic thing. They're both white dudes, right? I'm not mm-hmm. making it. There's no type of judgment there. It's just basically their presentation. One looks like they are heavily on drugs and in trouble. The other looks like a very clean shaven, right? Mm-hmm. Man in a suit, almost like in a, you know, a detective suit. So it just yeah. seems to me that the situation, it's like they, it's like they don't understand the situation. So their first inclination is not really to try to find the truth. It's to frame it the most advantageous way they can, which isn't really right. what you're supposed to do uh, when it comes to the yeah. law. Oh, but the popo. This is Kingstown, baby. They got to feed the bear. All right. Question number two. Okay. Yes. We're going to talk a little bit about Iris at the strip club. Oh. First Iris. off. My first question is, how wrong was I to call her a little girl? Because once she took her clothes off, I was like, that is a woman. <laughs> yeah, she's not, a, she's not a little girl. She, she has that innocence yes. in her as part of her persona yep. to get you, to sucker you in. But mm-hmm. no, that's that's a woman. I will say, I mean, it is, it, it's interesting casting and interesting too. I mean, we obviously, we the first time we saw her, she was naked too. But I think that the way the control she had over these guys uh, was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. My my question is is pretty quick. We we uh, see her at the strip club scene. Joseph, the Russian, says she's a black widow and seduces senators. She tells Craig, the strip club owner, that she's Mike's girl, right? Um, and she shows him all the money she's getting just from talking to guys. Yeah. <laughs> was all of this just to establish that first question you were right now I get to be right that I was right and she's running a long con on Mike oh 100% okay 100% because he even says 100%. this is just a cover for her yeah right yeah no she is you know they're, sl- they're slowly bringing her in and we're slowly starting to the onions peeling away as an audience we're getting to see her layers and you're like, how is this woman, you know, like she just seems young. She doesn't see, but she knows older men. She can wrap them around her finger. Like you said, would judge it. Like she can do her thing. And Joe, the Russian is so like, 
you know Joe the Russian probably has a thing for her, but she's he's seen what she's done and he's so like angry <laughs> and so like off balance around her. It, it's pretty interesting. I think there's a dynamic there. But I just want to say, Craig the strip club owner, that was my role, baby. But <laughs> I, I couldn't I mean the guy's side view, I thought it was I thought it was me like ten years, ten, fifteen years older. I love Craig the strip club owner. I like that dude. Yeah. I don't know I, who he is, but he I just I, I, I he was perfect. Not listed in the credits. I was I could because I hmm. recognize his face and again just fantastic casting. You know what I mean? Because and oh there I'm sorry, I apologize. It, he I either missed him or he got added. Tony Napo who has been in a ton of stuff, uh, some some smaller stuff, a lot of smaller stuff, but some TV shows that you might recognize. But he... he Sounds has, like my resume. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Tony Napo. I like this guy. This could have been you, yeah. Solo. Um, I know. He was know. just in a Hallmark channel, a very royal Christmas. Um, oh, there you go. But again, he didn't need to be so well-rounded. I like the way that the Russian was really kind of treating her like trying to be like a tough, sexist, typical dude, right? Take your clothes off. Go ahead, get on this yeah. stage and dance for me, honey. And then Craig, the guy's like, hey, hey, she's she's all nude. What are you doing here? You know what I mean? Like, why are you treating her like this, right? And he's like, I'm Craig, darling. Nice to meet you. And then you're, you felt... It was interesting because it was just more well-rounded instead of feeling like initially she wanted us to feel where she was like, oh, you want me to take my clothes off? And then she takes her clothes yeah. off and stands there like, you know, really strong, like almost Wonder Woman pose. And those right. two dudes are like shrunk down to the little teenage boys that they probably really are. Um, I just thought it was cool the way Craig was a well-rounded character, and I, I thought it was really interesting just how Joseph the Russian, like, was really scared of her. <laughs> you know I mean? Well, I, there's something there. Yeah, there's a history maybe. or you There know? is a history. There's He's trying to you know, dress her down, you know, no pun intended, but just the way he's treating her, it's He's got so many layers, not to say layers again, but I'm going to do it in him where he's fighting his attraction to her. He's pissed at her. Mm -hmm. You know, she's a black widow. So evidently she's seen his work. Could could she have done something to him, you know, in the past? Maybe they had a little thing and then she screwed him. Over. I don't know. It yeah. could be something deeper. It, there's something there because you just see it. He he is like forced to work with her almost, you know? Yeah. So. It's almost like he's pissed that now she's in his territory, right? Yeah. Like he's jealous. I, I could see a little jealousy there too. Oh, jealousy. Milo brought yeah. her in, you know, like yep. I thought I was Milo's guy. Um, and let's not forget too, that we did kind of theorize. It seemed from the first episode that Mitch had a relationship with our original Milo's girl. Sarah, so, I miss her. I miss her. You know, I really liked her. Yeah. Well, yeah. hey, man, it's all the casting on here is so great that every time, even when someone gets whacked, you're like upset. 
Um, And speaking of good casting, let's move on to our third question. What's up with Ernie the prison guard? What do you think is up with this guy? He's getting made fun of by the guards, eating the Vienna sausages. I eat Vienna sausages once in a while. I guess (laughs) the prison in me. That was a great metaphor, you know, like the little dick. And then he's got the Vienna sausage. Um, And then with his disabled son, who seems even to be laughing at him. Oh, my God. What do you think this is setting up? What is this about? This is setting up him to go off and kill somebody. Whether it's wife and his son, I don't know. He's something's going to happen, or it's the simple fact that introducing him because something, you know, maybe in the prison he lets his guard down and he gets taken hostage or something, or he 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 goes off on what you know, he's a bomb waiting to explode. I don't know, you, you know, it could be your typical because I thought he's going to shoot his his annoying wife, but that would be just why. What's the purpose of that mm-hmm. storyline? they just introduced him. Okay. If he did that, it'd be like, Oh wow, a murder. But so I don't think Taylor would go there. Um, something's going to happen. He's going to snap. Um, and I think it's coming. He's snapping at something. I mean, even the way he masturbated in the shower, I, I went, I turned to my wife. I go, what the heck? He's going to rip it off. I know. You know? I first said, I, I couldn't it's, fix it's frustration. Dude. I it's thought he ma- was stabbing himself. Yeah, no, he was, I don't know what the, he, I, you know, oof, yeah, he was I, going crazy. And that just shows probably his hate towards his wife, his hate towards his life. He's sexually frustrated. He's pissed off. He doesn't want to be home. He, you know, he's got a disabled son that he just, you know, he, and he's got that attitude. He's, he's your typical introvert that is about to explode, yeah. you know? And so, you know, even with, you know, the guys busting his balls, you could tell they actually felt a little bad that he walked away. Like, oh, you know, they're busting his balls, but like, whoa, you know, you know, you, they kind of sense maybe, okay, oh, he, he's taking this hard. We're just busting your balls, but no one really cares. Like, his really, what's going busted, on with him? His balls are busted so much, you can't bust them anymore, I think, man. No, it's... he's got to get, he's got to get freaking, you know, crazy in the prison shower at home. I mean, my God. <laughs> Jesus. I said to uh, Perry, when that came on, I said, what the hell's happening right now? She, laughed, <laughs> she started laughing. And I was like, oh, my God, he's jerking off. I thought he was stabbing himself. Okay, uh, yeah. uh, let me tell you what I, I think. You're tot- I totally agree with you. Everything you said. I'm just going to link in P-Dog here because we had a series of scenes where hmm. P-Dog, who is the, uh, seemed to be like the leader of the Muslims inside the prison, right? The black Muslims inside the prison. Um, And we saw him get maced and beat up with his friend when they were trying to cook some ramen. And then he was in the shower. And this episode, this episode, we see him fed shit by the guard. And then the guard says, give me back the bowl. Like, come on, just just disgusting shit. This episode I mean, we'll get to the dog stuff at the end, and his name mm. is P Dog, right? But then they do that, right. that thing with Carlos. I think, um, yeah, I think there's somehow these two are gonna meet. Whether it's P Dog fucking Ernie up, Ernie fucking P Dog up, maybe it mm. starts a prison riot. Um, you know, because again, in this episode, um, Mike lies to Bunny. 
And he's like, you know, I don't have control of that. The guards did that. And really, Mike encouraged that from the beginning. So um, I just I see these two storylines clashing and the P-Dog and Ernie kind of coming together in some way that sets it off because we're growing steady and like, you know, we're in episode five and we're seeing things develop. Okay. Iris and, you know, um, we could, if, if we can jump ahead, um, you know, there's a part where we see Mike has the, has dinner with, with, uh, DA Foley, but he leaves early after she says she'll only have sex with him because he's the last man on earth she'd ever have a relationship with. <laughs> and that's and that's the most attractive thing about you. It's like what? He's like, and she's like, "Don't be a baby." And yeah. I'm like, "I I get up and leave too." Yeah. Um, do you think he was really offended by that, or do you think he was just like, oh, "I don't have time well, for this today"? Did you? The I, I okay. So I watched the episode twice. Once I watched it. A little buzzed late night with it not too loud and there's a lot of mumbling in this episode so i watched it again last night and i picked up things but it's interesting because he mumbles i really like you but then when you watch it the second time when he leaves you can't hear it you, i assume you could he goes i really like you and he puts the money down like it was it was very subtle um and so he i think was okay. because he does really like her and he's trying to form something with her because he realizes how lonely he is. Yeah. And, and that's why they're at the he, restaurant too. And that's why he's, he, he's making it an effort. Yeah. But the fact that he can't eat cause you know, his, but she's very, you, she's, I think personally, cause I'm wondering what she, does she pity him? Does she really feel that way? Does she know she'll just eventually get hurt by this guy? Yeah, and so right. she's just strong and just, hey, it is what it is. Because a lot of times when you have that situation, of course, you have always have one party in real life that starts to fall for the other one. And then usually you have one that sort of does, but they're strong because they know it won't go anywhere. And it happens. And usually at the beginning, it usually happens with the guys a lot. I mean, it does happen with the women. You know, it could go either way. But there's a reason the two of them are in a relationship like this. They've been hurt in the past. They they haven't had good luck. And sometimes you just be like, okay, yeah, we're just we're just fuck buddies, you know, and we're just living our lives. We're busy in our in our um, in our jobs, and this is our release, as she says, release. But I, you know, I, I'm wondering if this is the first time Evelyn. This is probably the first time Evelyn actually sees him, like kind of like. Ah, you know, I, I really like you. And she's like, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't expect that. And I think too, going back to, um, Bunny's, uh, little cousin, uh, Mike taking him to hockey and, and, and bonding with him. I think he's starting to feel the sense. Maybe I do want a family and a, you know, you could tell he really mm. cared. It was almost having like a son. Like he really felt it. And, it, and, and of course his connection with bunny, as we learn more, as we'll get to, but I just feel like that dynamic, his brother's going to have a kid, you know, his other brother just got murdered. You know, he's thinking of Wyoming. Maybe he's thinking, you know, it'd be cool to have a son, you know, and, 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 and to, you know, so I think there's a lot going on in this scene without, 
you know they've already kind of established and hit at in other scenes but he he i think he really does like her yeah, i think he's right i i mean I, I he said it that's a great analysis solo and i love the way that you loop it into just basically his whole life you know and look at it holistically mm -hmm. he you're right he's his relationship with his mother is shit his relationship with his brother is based mostly on being a cop and him being a fixer right his other brother's dead he has no prospects he lives in a cabin in the fucking woods alone it doesn't even get cell phone service and he you know, feeds the bear. That's right. all he does. He he's feeding the, the bear. He feeds the bear. He's not even on Tinder. He's not on Tinder. He's feeding bears, you know? I mean, he can't even download an app. He doesn't have cell <laughs> service. You know what, Axel, too, to to hit on, of course, you remember the movie Heat. Yeah. Um, great movie, De Niro, Pacino, Val Kilmer, et cetera. Bill Finkner. I love that dude. So there, you got all these criminals, and they're out to dinner. And even though they're criminals, they still have their other halves and they're happy and they're with each other and they're having dinner. And Robert De Niro's character just met a girl, but he kind of, you know, had sex with her, but didn't know what's going on. And he's there alone and he sees everyone has their significant other. And he goes to the payphone and calls her Edie, calls Edie. And is like, you know, because he's feeling that aloneness. Now, remember, you got to be able to walk away. You know, when the heat's around the corner, what, what are, you, are you prepared to leave? What you, you know, and that's his whole mantra. But I, it just, it's almost like the same things going on with Mike, where he's seeing, you know, everyone else has a relationship and he's got nothing. And, you know, even his brother makes a comment, you know, where people make comments, you just live in a cabin and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, so that whole thing comes full circle where, you know, we just need, we need love and companionship, no matter how hard we think we are. Definitely. No pun intended. Again, I, I think you 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 really put it succinctly, even down to the relationship thing, because I was going to say to you, I know I've been in relationship where or say it's like a, your friends. Right. And you're kind of mm -hmm. fooling around. And then one person's like, yeah, this is, you know, like the girl says, I'm so glad that we're not in a relationship and we can just do this. And then you kind of look at her and be like. Actually, I kind of want to be in a relationship. And then she's <laughs> like, you know what? So do I. <laughs> like, why? I don't know why yeah. I said that. I just said that because I was scared that you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to be the first one to put my defense up, you know? And I was in one of those big yeah, time. Yeah. Oh. And, and it's happened to me. You know what I mean? So luckily in my mm -hmm. case, it was, we both very quickly said, why did we both say that? Well, we were both scared and it made us even more happy that we could let our guards down, you know? But I think in right. this situation, you don't get that. I, I agree. I think, but I think um, my question, I mean, I don't, we don't know if she really likes him. We have no idea. There's such little interaction, you know? Right. right. Um, but I do think that maybe what this is doing as well is opening up a space for Iris to provide that uh, for him right we're talking about how he wants a son he wants a friend he wants a brother he doesn't have a mother hey there's a there's a girl in the city a woman in the city who already has sworn her heart to him and he doesn't yeah. even know it no 
You know, even Craig, the strip club owner, even was taken aback. You're not his type. You're not his type. Well, she's (laughs) like, I'll be his type. Um, So, yeah, I think it is definitely we're I think we're set. We're still this is the long con. The show is in on the long con with Iris and they're bringing us into it, too. They're wrap. They're wrapping us around their finger and getting us ready for that all to go down. Um, that was a good one. Okay, that yeah, that point. dinner. That was a nice restaurant, too. Um, let's talk about Mike taking Bunny's nephew, Sam, to the hockey game. We've talked about Sam already. Great actor. Um, I mean, it's a pretty... I don't know if anything like new or revelatory so much came of this. I mean, I figured that Mike would stand up for this kid because it's Bunny's uh, nephew, you know, and he does what and little cousin. He says little. Oh, cousin. I'm sorry, cousin. I apologize. You know what's I funny? You know what's nephew. funny? Yeah. You know, what's funny. I wrote down nephew. And then when I heard him say little cousin, I scratched it out. That's the only reason I know, because I assumed it was nephew. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Maybe that's interesting. Maybe Mike said it as a joke or something. And I. You know, he said your nephew, and he's like, "It's my cousin." I don't know. I have to uh, check that. We got to investigate that. We'll have to investigate we'll, that. Let's. I'm gonna get Hugh Dillon on it. We'll do a whole episode just about that. Was it his cousin or his nephew? <laughs> um, but anyway, we see what happens. These redneck crackers are already. They're drinking. They keep on making a nice shot of the beer in his hand, and Mike's looking at <laughs> yeah. it. You know, he knows what's happening. And they get into the big fight, and it's pretty hilarious the way he jumps on the ice and he's swinging the hockey <laughs> stick around. Oh my god! It was look like it was like man, Hawkeye doesn't. Uh, he would swing that a little better, but yeah, yeah it was just. <laughs> I can't so remember fun. what. I can't. Re- there's a. There is another famous film or television. I can't remember what it is. When someone jumps down onto the ice and grabs a hockey stick and is just wildly swinging it, and it was a funny part. I can't. Re- if somebody listening remembers that, please it wasn't tell Lethal me. Weapon with Joe Pesci on the, on the hockey rink? Maybe it was, oh. dude. I, I'm just saying it. Re- Slap shot or Mike? I'm just naming hockey. The way movies, they but- shot it, it was reminiscent to me, and the way he was swinging it around, it was almost like it was like a quick homage to something else and i can't interesting it was yeah like slap shot or just like a fun shot where hey we're in a hockey rink let's do it but what what did you take from this scene what do you think that this says about mike i mean and we can also talk about the the scene in the car on the way back which was in my estimation the most moving scene we've got in five episodes it was the scene of the week it was beautiful scene of the week yeah, it was it was fantastic. Um, let's first go. I think it really touches not only his protectiveness of Bunny's little cousin, uh, but the fact that the the guy's comments, you know, go play football, send him across the tracks. Mm-hmm. And so there's a dynamic of, you know, suburbia, I guess, versus the sit the rough city, and. Because Mike calls them crackers, it's it, even though it's different race, there's still when it comes to where you're living and where you're from, that trumps ah. the race in this. Yeah, and especially from Mike's point of view. I'm not saying at all like um, it. 
it comes down to the fact like like for me personally i felt like where i'm from i would defend my people meaning people where i live black white hispanic whatever versus people of the same color from a different part and i kind of go honestly with you know living in la for so many i never i never you know i lived in pennsylvania and you know i fit in but i never fit into the ideology of how people think there uh for a lot of things i'm more of a you know went to syracuse you know mixed races live in the melting pot of california um i'm going to defend people who i know and who i care about no matter what you know who's coming at after us you know what i mean yeah. it could be you know so, someone the same you know looks white italian whatever but i don't care you're my you know so that really hit at home with me and how i think that comment really was like we may be the same race and it, and it happens a lot with i guess the white race too is we, we're all white but there's different types of white people you know sure, or a lot of sure other you know what i mean like it's i mean there's your rednecks i mean i don't want to get into all that but it's, it's, it's just groups of people right like i think yeah. that i think that that's i think you're hitting it right on the head man is like your gang right whatever gang you're kind of associate yourself with you either join it you fall into it or they kind of force you into it. Like we're going to talk a little bit right. about Duchard and his uh, straight A student brother where he's staying. They're trying to push him in. They're trying to push him into the gang. Right. And Mike mm -hmm. is like, he's already in the gang. And in a way, yeah. I found that to be a metaphor for Mike where it's like Mike is already he's in he's in the prison gang. He's on the side of Bunny and Carlos. That's really his side. And yeah, what he that's does out of the tracks, man. Yeah, what he does with the cops and that kind of stuff is actually only to mitigate his true team, which is the quote-unquote bad guys. You know what I mean? Which yeah. are, or and in this case too, it does say something that there are the non-white people, right? And so right. I think that Mike straddles that. He he has the he has the ability to be. He can't, he's, it's almost like he's passing when he's with the cops and he's with the other white people and he's only really comfortable and himself when he was taught, when he's talking to bunny or Sam or Carlos, right. Or dealing with yeah, think, these people, you know, think about how he spends his nights, the end of his days. Yeah. He goes to chill with Bunny. Yeah, that's his boy. Evidently he already dropped off the little cousin wherever he lives and he came comes back to to you know to hang with Bunny. Whether he dropped him off there and went and did stuff and came back, or he went back to have dinner and then I guess came back. Um but but yeah. I mean <laughs> that's where he truly I mean you see this relationship with Bunny. Um Strong, you know, of course, we find out they did time together, which was a big reveal, Axel. And I don't mean to step on. No, definitely. If you have a question right to that. Yeah, that's that's um that and my my uh kind of the next part is them talking about where you know we have talked about Sam and that we're getting through that. Question six B. This because that was question oh. number six. Will we see him go back next Friday? <laughs> you know what? 
Oh my God. We think alike. <laughs> I was thinking that he's going next Friday. And then I'm thinking, are they just going to do the show? Not on Fridays. <laughs> like we're not going to see Fridays. Cause we're not going to see him. Now I like to see him go back with a bunch of Irish pipe, whatever, you know, mobsters, you know, are they just are a just whole different a group. You know what I mean? He's got yeah. like one person from the strip club, one person from Carlos gang, a prison guard. Yeah. He's, he just brings like a whole different like a yeah. whole group of people. I don't I don't know that we'll see that. That was pretty cool. No, I, I think I think it might be yeah. We, <laughs> we you know, if I don't think so, it, there is a chance, but I think we we got it. And I think we know he where he's going Friday nights now. Yeah. Uh, I mean he's going to do his best to help help him get out of I love how it's like, I want to play for the Red Wings. Well, you're not getting out of Detroit. You know, you're not getting out. Of, go play in Tampa Bay. That's getting out. I know. And it was you know. that's what I mean. It was such an interesting thing. And then the kid's like, Tampa Bay. And the 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 car trip back, which we mentioned, but I'd like to discuss. It's just so moving the way that just Mike saying, I do what I say I'm going to do. I'm going to be there for you. And the kid is just so shocked, you know? Right. Like he's so shocked that not only did Mike stand up for him, but that he's like, no, you don't understand. I'm in it for real now. Like I'm going to follow through. And for obviously in a kid in the situation that he's in being Bunny's little cousin, he probably hasn't had too many people who follow through with their word, you know? Oh, and no. He even talks about like men. he was a punching bag. Yeah. You know, growing up, you know, he could. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, there. that's you're absolutely right. Thank you for reminding me that I do. I think it was just really so moving. And I hope we see Sam. I hope Sam. I hope this isn't a one time thing. Maybe we don't need to see him go back next Friday, but I would like to see him develop some kind of relationship with him. I'd like to see more between these characters. If we, so his name wasn't Hakeem. It's Sam. It, it's it, it, it. That's what I, yeah, that's what I have. Sam. Okay. I, I, I wrote down Hakeem. I okay. don't know. Maybe I was maybe, wrong. I, He's called Sam no, maybe I, in, the, okay. in the credits too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. I don't, but maybe, maybe it's the, the mumbling sometimes gets me. Um, I can, <laughs> I hear things that I don't. Vera. Oh no, there Mira. was there was uh, um, there was a kid Hakim in the show, but that was somebody different. Oh, was it okay? Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe that's you know what is that Tashard's little brother? Is that Hakim? Maybe. maybe. Okay. Or maybe I got the names mixed up. Oh, maybe I did. It's possible. Send us send us an email. DVRpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Hugh Dillon, send okay. us an email, please. Yeah, Hugh. Tell Hugh, us, please Hugh. correct this. Tell us. We apologize for it's getting the right. names wrong. And um, hey, this know. is the first time around, and there's no books for Game of Thrones people to yell at us. <laughs> yeah. We, we so, are the original mayor of Kingstown. Yes. Uh, let's let's but, uh, keep it moving. I want to okay. talk about, we got a couple more things, but just really quickly, because this this didn't seem to play too much into the episode, but it was a scene. I mentioned it. This guy, Duchard, his brother, is a straight-A student. He kind of lies to Mike. He says he's not in a gang. Mike's like, I know he is, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. What it ends up with, though, is 
Duchard pays and he leaves, you know. But then later, Mike talks to Bunny and Bunny is kind of laughing. He's like, yeah, the kid's in, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then Mike says to him, well, you know, he did do good before he got mixed up with you. Um, can you leave this kid alone? Like help him out in jail, you know, like protect him. Mm-hmm. Don't make him do any stupid shit. And my understanding, Bunny says, well, you got to give us the brother then. Right. So and they make a think? trade. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> I there's something I know Bunny doesn't like the brother. To shard or Rashad. Yeah, um, he doesn't like there's something. He doesn't like him because he's something something up with him where he either double cry. He mentions something it, it, quick. And I, you know, I apologize for not um, remembering it, but it pretty much he doesn't like the brother. Let's put it that way. And so. And, and Mike's like, I don't care about him. I care about, you know, the little brother or little cousin. <laughs> I mean, nephews and cousins, sorry. Um, but so, you know, that's all Mike cares about. He got paid. He doesn't care what happens to him. He got paid. And so I guess, you know, it's a, another barter, bartering thing. You know, it's another another trade. And it's just uh, that a lot of trades going on kind of lied to him, misrepresented him. So he was kind of like, fine, do what you want with Duchard. I wonder if I just wonder it was so quick to me. Yeah. That yeah. is this going to come back to haunt Mike? Like he's quickly making a deal that he thinks he's doing something good, but he doesn't know. Does he know about Duchard? Does he know? Does he have kids? Does he have a wife? Does he have people? Yeah. You know, I'm just, it seems. That might be just, it could be a sloppy deal that he's, you know, Mike is taking on so much that he's just playing with people's lives. And maybe he's like, okay, I want to save the kid in a way that he shouldn't, too. You know, as, as close as they are and as a tight of a bond they have. When it comes to business, it's still business, and they they both lie to each other. I mean, yeah. I you know That's what I mean? True. Like, I, I yeah. Sorry, I got I got the, the oh. police of Kingston Uh-oh. coming after. Ian's me. coming to visit you. Oh, Ian, <laughs> we were right, talking buddy. too much. You know, don't pick me up. Don't pick me up on that warrant. I don't want to. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I think you know it's so loosey goosey, but there's gonna there's a that. It can't all work out. He's got, he need, we needed Mike and Mitch. Even Bunny mm. talks about how he misses him and pours, yep, yep. you know, pours one down for his dead homie, That's you know, pours true. one out. A 40. And, uh, yeah, 40. I was like, I, I actually was like, oh shit, I should go buy one. I love 40s. Um, it's been a while, but it, yeah, it just, uh, I, you know, that's a great point, Axel, because. They're going back and forth doing their things, but he's just ready to sell this guy out, and that can't be good business. Yeah, I that's what I think, you know, and that because we don't know, we don't know, like you said, we don't know how connected he is. Does he have that one bad apple that has his back, you know, that's going to go after him who doesn't care about the McCluskeys? And that's his client you know? too, Solo. That's I mean, yes. that's a part of it too. Is like that Duchard paid him to help his little brother and the way he's helping him is by selling out Duchard to bunny. And yeah. I think that there is, there's these, you get these little quick scenes that I think are going to come back around. We've already seen some of them come back around 
And I just think that's one we got to keep in mind. Another one before we talk about dog nuts is um, the guy from the DA's office comes in. Mike says, he says, you know who I am? And Mike says, I know well, who does you he, are. he works at it because I know he, Evelyn recommended the client, you know, I got a client for you. He also works in the DA's office? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. Yep. He definitely, that, that guy works in the DA's office because that's what Rebecca says. The DA sent someone down to talk to you. And, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. For a second, you think, oh, wait, is this about the pizza thing? No, it's some different dude who wants Mike to find out where his dead daughter's body is because she was killed by James Parker, a badass serial killer that's in the prison. And he wants the case to be reopened so this guy Parker does not get executed because he wants him to suffer alive, not be killed. So Mike asks, I think he talks to Bunny about it. He talks to somebody else about it. Just asks a little questions here and there. We don't get any, nothing is resolved in this, but we're introduced to this, which I thought was fascinating, this serial killer guy. Yeah. Um, who I believe was actually mentioned one time before. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I I I remember the name James Parker, like serial You're killer. You're thinking Larry H. Parker, the lawyer that's always on the commercials. Oh, maybe <laughs> In Southern California. Maybe it was Larry H. Parker, attorney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I just realized. And that's why I through a little mean Southern Jacoby California. Jacoby Myers? Is it not the funniest thing ever that there's a football oh, player God. called Jacoby Myers? Like, I can't even get over yeah. it. Anyway, um, <laughs> did you have any thoughts of, I don't have too many thoughts. I think they're setting us up for something. I don't know. Like, it just seems weird to me. You got P dog, you've got, um, what's his name? Ernie, the, the, uh, the guard, you've got this James Parker, this serial killer. It's just these kind of disparate like things kind of floating that we saw in this episode that we're not getting nothing was resolved but it was started okay it's just interesting a great thing about a show like this which has wire potential not it's probably never going to be the wire the wire is just one of the greatest shows ever freaking made and you can't you know but i like the fact that they're dropping little things and maybe those are storylines for later on you know in in seasons too like it may not be just you know, again, we don't know if this is going on to a second or third season, so I don't know what is in the mind of Hugh Dillon and Taylor Sheridan, even though I love their minds. Um, you know, I wonder if some of these things could be things that, you know, are, pre- are prevalent. Is that the right prevalent? Yeah. Uh, later, you know, yes. in other seasons, who knows? Like, and I like that, and I'm hoping that's true. Um, and of course, so... My question was, okay, it really came down to me and Lady Soul talking about it. So you got a guy on death row, right? But it's for other cases. Yeah. He's on death row. Okay. So if he then, because he retracted the confession for killing the girl that we're talking about. Now, if he says, no, I did do it, and they lead him to a body, so they, they halt the execution because it's a new investigation. Is that what? 
you get yeah, like four yeah. years for each thing. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. so is that, is that like, I, I guess I'm a little confused. I'm like, they're well, going to kill him anyway. Why would they? Because, be, well, what? because I think, because, you know, the DA, he's in the DA's office too. Let's not forget. Right. And yeah, it would give okay. them an opportunity to keep the case open. And it also gives them an opportunity to close a case. Whenever they have the opportunity to close a case, they're going to do it. Right. 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 So if that means not executing this guy so they could get more information from him or they could put him on trial and clear that case, then they're going to do it. Uh, okay. Okay. So I think yeah. it's this, and actually this storyline was used in Dexter one season. I think, where oh, uh, the guy didn't want to get executed. So he admitted to killing where the bodies were a bunch of other places. Oh actually, yeah. He was doing it just so he could kill himself. Um, that was an interesting, uh, I remember. Oh God, that. I don't even remember that. It's yeah. been a while. I love Dexter. Um, but ding, I think James ding, ding. Parker, the serial killer, I think Larry that's H, yeah. interesting. We're going to see what happens with that. But let's get to the uh, let's get kind of to the end here. OK, um, where we get some dog nuts. Uh, Oof. We get a little scene with the um, the cops. They're planning to pick up Carlos. He had, uh, you know, they went through this whole rigmarole, which basically was talking more about the system where he was let go, right? Because it was overcrowding, but now he went against that that bail or uh, his, um, I'm sorry, his parole. So then they can bring him back, and now he he's got to serve like what 20 more years or something of his of, two of decades. His, man. Yeah, that's a lot. So we we get, I thought. Once they enlisted our man, Robbie, Robert, the killer, I thought that they were going to take him out. But he has a different plan. He's like, ah, we'll take him, you know, we'll do it during the day when nobody knows what's happening before they're out drinking or whatever. And he first says something about, like, blowing the wall out of the house or something like that. (laughs) And I was like, what is he talking about? But it ends up that they just do a really nifty you know, guy moving the box, the old thing, and then they grab him and yep. they take him in and Carlos doesn't even fight. No. You know, and this series of shots where they have the dog being taken, car fighting, 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 right? And then Carlos is not fighting, going back and forth, Carlos getting strip searched, naked showered the dog having its balls cut out right which they really did we really need that's my question is did we really need to see the dog nuts i don't know that i needed to see that no i mean i've never seen that uh before so we could say mayor of kingstown bringing it bringing it home yeah showing things we haven't seen before but i think it was really the juxtaposition between the neutering you know neutering of these dogs neutering of the inmates coming in and dressing down to nothing, getting treated like dogs in a cage, getting put in a cage. I think it was more that whole back and forth of what's happening uh, to a human and to a dog. And they happen to be, I mean, not related, but coming from the same uh, place. And, you know, the dogs right. are all hopped up. The and dog all that. was so, like, that was his, like his, one of his kids or like, you know, I mean, that was his yeah. dog, right? I felt so bad for the dog, even though, you know, I, I just, 
oh my god it just like that hit me more than someone going to you know like the dogs are just freaking uh you know when i see the dog when it when you give it like some anesthetic and it's laying there and and i'm like oh my god at first i thought they were taking out a tumor but then i realized oh no no no, no. that's <laughs> that's these nuts yeah the whole um, thing was it was really i mean it was quite i don't I want to say it was beautiful for its the symbology there and just relating the two stories how similar they were but like you said too just the the denutting and the the taking away the manhood the power what, right what does that achieve right like what is what are they achieving for the dog, it means the end of the line, right? Like that genetic line will not continue. And I think it is saying something about the system um, taking people out, taking whole families out, right? So many families without a father. And mm -hmm. the way that Carlos, too, as the dog is fighting against it, it's a dog. It doesn't know. But Carlos, he's like, he's been through it before. It's like nothing. He knows exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's like this part of the sadness comes from how Carlos has no emotion to it, you know, until he kind of so lies numb. down in the bed. And then you're kind of like, okay, he finally could just lay down, you know, he, at least he try to keep his pride, but in the face of them trying everything to denut him, you know, and take it away yeah. from him. Now, do you think I have a question for you, Axel, if I could ask it? Yes. Okay. So now do you think this is the end of Carlos like big storyline or do you think in prison he's going to no. he, is he going to be a shot caller? Is he yeah. how high up is he? Yeah. I think that they again, I think there's just a lot of mistakes being made here, right? Like you're putting someone in there time. that is smart and that knows what's up. I don't know. I get a feeling about Carlos. Maybe it's his quiet confidence. Oh, dude, the dude scares me. Yeah. I mean, like, I honestly, he's a great freaking actor. Yeah. Like he, again, he's been in a lot of stuff, but he, you know, like I mentioned before, I think when we were talking about Alberto in the first episode where I'm glad they cast someone that's not just your typical Latino character actor that it's tough to, oh, I've seen him in X-Files. I like him. Oh, I'm supposed to hate him in this one. And sometimes that can be tough as a viewer. But Carlos, even though he's been as a, he's, he's got that mean streak. He freaking plays the role so well that, it, it like, you know, it, that dude scares me the most out of anyone. Full he's the one I'd be worried man. about. Yeah, they're just. Yeah, they're, they're showing teasers of Milo looking at newspapers that don't seem to be re relevant right now. We don't know if it's a flashback or what, but, you know, and then this week, you know, we get a teaser of the continuation of the shootout. So I don't know if there's necessarily a plan in the teasers, um, but th it's the type of thing like The Wire, like some other shows where you watch the season, you go back and then a rewatch, a binge rewatch. You'll be interesting to see. Oh, my God, because David Simon said that one time he goes, he's talking about season three and he goes, Season three, when you first when you watch the first episode, you don't know too much what's going on. But then after you watch the season and go back, then you're like, oh, my God, they were plotting this, plotting that, I plotting know. that. And I love that. And because, you know, too many people want answers right away. Too many viewers, like, get impatient. It's like, what, what was that? Mean? What does that mean? What's... Just let it fucking happen. Yeah. 
that's let it why, happen. Hey, then that's why we're talking about little scenes here, and uh, and you know, and little cousins, and little, little cousins, nephews, <laughs> little <laughs> nephews. I'm okay to say, hey, let's see what happens. You know, are we gonna? That's why a lot of time my question or your question might be, are we gonna come back to this, or was this, was this, like, uh, just part of a theme, part of our our, our feeling mm-hmm. of building the world, or was this a real plot point? And we're we're seeing the points add up. You know, we're we now I think we can confidently talk about who Iris is and what's going on, right? We see the relationship between Mike and Bunny. Um, just to mention that final scene when they're looking up at Orion, ancient Indians saw the figure as a king who had been shot by an arrow represented by the stars in Orion's belt. So I Ooh. there's I looked Oh, up, Diane Miriam over here. <laughs> who was not in this episode, by the way. Who was not? Um, no. But I thought that to me, there's many different interpretations of Orion's belt. You can look it up, Wikipedia, what have you, many articles. I went down a little rabbit hole. But the one that I found that to be the most interesting, also because I think, as we talked about, Taylor Sheridan seems to have a connection to Native Americans and, and is very mm-hmm. enamored with the culture, different cultures. And so I think that... A king shot by an arrow is that Mitch? Is that is that is that what's going to happen to Mike? Is that what's going to happen to Bunny? Is the mm. king going to be shot? Was the you know? So well, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. Continue, and then I got to. No, that's oh, yeah, it. I that's gonna, all I had. Oh, I was just going to say because what a life Bunny has. He can't go six blocks without someone trying to kill him. Yeah. Like, what kind of life is it just to stay there? And, you know, and I was thinking of that, too. And I'm like, you know, maybe he's the king that goes down. Mm, um, yeah. Man. I mean, Renner goes Renner goes down. Mike goes down. I don't think we have a show anymore. So uh, I don't think that'll happen just yet. But who the frick knows? Hey. You know, and they bring in frickin Mark Harmon to take over the show. <laughs> like, somebody, <laughs> somebody can get shot and not die. Right. I mean, what, we do could, all, yes. you know, we yes. could see someone try. I think that's a great point about Bunny and his life. And, hey, you think to yourself, too, would Bunny want to hang out with, with Mike? If Mike and Bunny had a kind of come to Jesus like Mike and Foley do, where, you know, they have to kind of test their friendship. What's going to happen? Are we going to see we're seeing this relationship develop? with Bunny and Mike and they've come, you know, close to blows. Mike drove his car up onto the thing, but that was yeah, really more time. a show of power. Yeah. But you know, every time he shows up, it's a different way. Screeches, <laughs> stop going through the fence, calm. Like it's just, it's like, it's like the Batmobile coming out of the Batcave. Yep. But even though it's the same shot every time Batman's 66, but it, it, it's just so funny. I'm like, how is he going to drive up this time? About maybe that's <coughs> like something on set. He'd be like, yeah, I try to do a different way to keep it, keep it fresh. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. We don't know. And I, I think that, that was a, again, that was another beautiful scene of them. The show ends again with them talking and sharing with each other, talking about somewhere other than the place they are. They always talk about somewhere yeah. different, right? What they could be. But um, 
is that saying that something's going to happen to these two? And I do think they're, they're going to have to be challenged, you know, um, because we've seen stuff go down inside the prison so far, right? People get beat up, retribution, whatnot. We're going we're gonna to have to see some stuff that maybe starts in the prison that pushes out. Like Bunny right. gets the word, hey, blah, 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 Mike, blah, 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 or this person, and Mike doesn't agree with it, Ian or Kyle or whatever, they might not be so happy and their relationship will be tested. But we shall see, yeah. man. I think that's all I got. You got anything else? That's it. I got blisters on my fingers. Sorry, little Beatles. Fingers. Oh, yeah, yes. man. I've been watching the Beatles, too. So great. So great. Um, get back. The way you once belong. Oh man. Hey. That's, that's what Mike is. Mike's trying to get back. Yeah. We'll see. I don't no know. bear this episode. No bear. Yeah. So we didn't feed the bear this week, but you know what? Next week. That's baby. okay. Next week. Next well, week. thanks everybody for downloading, for listening. Man, we are having such a good time. I'm really enjoying this show, and I'm really, of course, enjoying talking to you about it each and every week, my friend Solo. And thanks everyone for downloading. Can head over to dvrpodcast.com give us a review like our good friend new orleans barrister what an awesome review and this friday couple days i'm going to be doing a special one-off about yellow jackets the showtime nice show. gonna be doing a one-off episode got a special guest coming in and we're going to talk Love yellow about jackets. yellow jackets for an hour. So that'll be fun. So check that out on Daily DVR. That's the feed you can check that out on. Let's do a season review on it, Ooh, Axel, like when it's all done. Back and do, yeah, talk about it. Maybe, yeah. You know, I think we should do a catch I'd like up to talk. and we'll talk about it too, yeah. yeah I'd like to talk a little uh, yellow jackets with you after maybe after Mayor of Kingstown's done. Um, we can do a special yellow jacket because I've been watching it too. I Great like show. It. So maybe we could do a little little Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci retrospective. I like it, baby. All right. That's it for now, though. Peace out, everybody. Peace out, you six-foot leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 6'4". <six>, <laughs> <laughs>